0: This is Carrie and Summer with the Same My Name podcast that gives a voice to women's stories. It's my story, it's your story, it's our stories of pain and healing.
1: Welcome to the Say My Name podcast, episode 13. This was such an incredible interview. We got to hear two stories of Nick Tilia and Courtney Tilia, some of the most amazing coaches in the world right now. Such inspirational people. This interview was on fire. We absolutely love this couple. We love them individually, and we love them together. So get ready to be inspired so we will start right in and this is lucky number 13 for us this is podcast 13. <laughs> and so as you know our podcast is about telling your story mm-hmm. and i know you both have one i know you have one together so yes. i think we kind of want to start with that um and you know i know your kind of financial story and nick i know your story of finding your purpose, mm-hmm. so, and kind of going through that pain and healing, but I don't know very much of Courtney's story, so, but we'd love to hear both of them separately and together.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess as far as like my purpose story, I- It all of,
3: begins as a little child in Colorado.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're going to go way back. No, like, Dude, I, yeah. when I, like I really started off now. now. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, what was that? When I was moving through the birth canal. Yeah. Right. <laughs> totally. As
3: I exited the vagina.
0: <laughs>
3: took one look at my dad. And was and like, oh shit. Fuck. Send me back.
2: Um, I I feel like I kind of jumped all around like that child who is looking for different things. Like I started off with like getting my pilot's license because I was dead set I was gonna go to the military. And then got like a full-rate scholarship to go to Texas A&M and be in the military and was like, oh, this is so not for me. Wait, you're not
3: going to tell people you're in the ROTC?
2: I was in ROTC and was like the commander of it. And so I was just very into that that discipline and structured lifestyle is what I craved. And then got there and was like, oh, I hate this, like the college style. And um, was like started off in aerospace engineering and was like, I don't fit in here. Like, it was just like, this is not my vibe. And I was like, what is something that I've always loved? And I was like, I've always wanted to be a teacher. So I went, I did that, finished my schooling, graduated as a teacher, and went and worked full-time as a special ed teacher. Fast forward five years later, and I was like, starting to lose my shit. I, had had, I was married, I had had two kids, and I was really feeling very low self-esteem. And just, it was starting to really impact me Emotionally, but like in my marriage and me being able to show up for my kids and me being able to even show up as a teacher, just when you don't feel comfortable in your body and then you don't feel comfortable in your clothes, it's hard to be there in a classroom and be able to bring your full presence and bring your full energy to that. And so I was like, I have to do something, and decided that competing and losing weight was going to be how I would get my confidence, my body back. And so I really dove into like competing, losing weight, and then found that. I really loved my own experience and then being able to give that to other women. And so I really started doing it for myself, continued teaching until I had hit about a rock bottom my sixth year as a teacher, where I got to a point where I was so emotionally low that I had started to sabotage everything that I created and loved in my life. So. My marriage, my kids, going to the gym, the things that I had grown to really love, I was starting to like trash and trying to get rid of. And so finally over winter break, Nick was like, we've got to do something like this isn't working and it won't work if like something doesn't change. And he was like, what would you do if money wasn't an obstacle? If it wasn't, Mm -hmm. if it wasn't anything. And I was like, honestly, I would be in the gym all day. And he was like, great, then do that. And so when school resumed. Which was
3: fucking stupid that I said this because at the time, this was in my first year of coaching. I had left my teaching job. I was staying at home with the boys and trying to run a coaching business while I had two little tiny terrorists just absolutely wrecking my fucking life and the house and everything. Courtney's kind of like in her masculine, taking care of the family, working, doing all that. Um, And I was not bringing in money yet to sustain us. It wasn't like, oh, my coaching business is thriving. Babe, you can quit. I'll bring you home. We can do all that. Um, It was not in a good place. But I knew, like, if we didn't do something that it, like, we wouldn't have a family anymore. Because she was heading down that place. And just our disconnect because we were – I was trying to live my purpose, but I didn't have, like, the capacity or the time or the freedom to be able to fully do so. And she definitely wasn't living hers being a teacher. So – it, it was fucking stupid looking back and I'm like, holy shit, like we really rolled dice when we did that, but it was it was exactly what had to happen to literally save our family at the time.
2: yeah, and so after one break, I went in and told them that I was gonna resign from my teaching position and that I would fill up I would finish out the rest of the school year, but that I would not be coming back and from that moment, like they were devastated just because special I was a special ed teacher and finding special ed teachers to fill. Those yeah' spots. Was very difficult,
1: yeah
2: from that moment of me resigning, I already felt so much freedom, even though I still had like four months left of teaching, yeah there was an end in sight that gave me the freedom to like begin to really come home to like who am I? what do I want what do I want to experience how do I want to feel every day, and what do I want to be able to give to others from that place and so it really gave me the opportunity to do that. And then from there, I quit. I started my personal training business. Um, did that for about two years and was like, I, I really desire to take women to not just the body, but to the next level of really diving into the emotional and the mental place and for them to really create the life they've always desired. And so I really started to shift from the body to the mental and emotional space. And that is where I'm at today.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because, um, I was in a coaching program with Nick and my, and that program that I was in, Nick was one of the coaches and I, and we were being taught how to put, how to put together an online business for you know, uh, coaching. And when I was in that, I, I was all in, I just thought this is like the answer. This is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And very quickly into it. I thought, no, I don't want to coach people to teach them how to do macros. I don't want to, you know, do the whole scale and fit and give all these workouts. I just, and I just thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? And it was, it's interesting because I it I I watched you because you know I was I, I followed Nick and so I saw you know you going through yours and you were kind of the same as me you were doing the fitness thing and fitness coaching and then you shifted as well I'm like this is really cool we're both kind of on the same path of um, starting one way and really shifting more into the mindset part and and just working on the internal um, work and that's just my passion as well as what I can see, everything that you post is just so beautiful and so target, targeted to specific women. And it's amazing. Like you can see the passion that you have in it.
2: Thank you so much. I, I really am passionate because I can see such a desire from women. Like you can, just, you can just feel it. You don't even have to say anything, but you can feel that they want more. Yeah. And I want them to have that because I have that and I want everyone to get to experience that.
1: Right. So let's rewind a little bit when you talked about, um, you know, wanting to achieve. Nick has mentioned a few things about you just in our, you know, in our coaching, just about when you were a teenager or when you were a child and that feeling of not enoughness and that you had to compete in order to feel like that's where you received love and attention.
2: Yeah. So I really felt in my family being born a woman or a girl was my immediate disadvantage was just immediate. Like if you were born a boy, you were already put on a pedestal. And so for me, I felt like I was born disadvantaged immediately and always felt like I needed to compensate to be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to be accepted. And so I realized very quickly that if I was an overachiever That I would be loved and so I went down this path of like well I'll get I'll be the most loved because I'll have more certificates and achievements than anyone in this whole family and so that's when I got like a pilot's license and I got scholarships to space camp and became like I have like two scuba diving certifications and a bachelor's and a master's and then I was a year away from graduating with my PhD and was like what am I doing like I am continuing to get down this path And I'm not enjoying it, and I'm really not getting love and accepted either way. Um, And so I was like, it's really time for me to focus on what I want and what I love and what I want to be. And so I quit. I quit a year away from graduating, and my family's like, what are you doing? You've lost it. Like, Mm -hmm. you might as well finish. You might as well get those great, beautiful three letters before your name." And I was like, I'm not. I'm just not. There's no point to me wasting the time, the money, my effort, my energy, my family's time for me to get this certificate that's not gonna be used. And that's when it all kind of stopped.
3: I remember asking her one day, I was like, what are we doing? Like, is, is, is this PhD, these 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 letters and being able to call yourself Dr. Tilia, like is it worth what you're you're going through and, and all that? And I asked her the question, I was like, if you knew you were approved already, if you knew that you were enough already, if you knew that your the validation, your self-approval, if that was all that mattered, would you continue down this path? And she was like, No. And I was like, Okay, like do what you gotta do. Like and, and like, people like you were a year away from a master, for, from your doctor, like just finish it. Just, like, but I always say like, if, if you're going down the wrong path, doesn't matter how fucking far you've gone down that path. Like stop, turn around and get back on your path. And, and she, it's one of the most courageous things I've ever seen to walk away from that. Um, especially because of everything that she had at stake in that as well. Um, approval from the family, like all the things that she thought she could have got as soon as she got that. Um, So it was one of the most courageous things I've ever seen.
2: And for me too, like I was held back in first grade. I just wasn't emotionally ready to be there. And so I wasn't present to learn the academic. So I was held back. And so it was something that I was always made fun of for. Like what is first grade? It's about coloring. It's about cutting. Like you couldn't do those things. And so for me, above and beyond the love and acceptance for school, it was about proving that I was smart enough because you're not gonna question my if i'm smart enough if i'm a doctor so it's also about proving like it's all about overcompensating for something that i felt a deficit at at my heart
1: so walk me through that moment when you were like wait a second this isn't working i've tried so hard and you guys still don't accept me for this or how did that happen
2: i think it's a process i think Uh, we hit these roadblocks throughout. One was the conversation with Nick that was like, what are we doing? Like, you're not happy anyway. So what are we going for? But also like, we all hit, like with my modeling career too, like there's times where I was like, I won't be accepted and loved for this. And so there's times when I've tried to trash parts of, like I've tried to get rid of my entire modeling portfolio because there was a part of me that was like, you won't be loved and accepted for this part of who you are. And so I've tried to get rid of it. And so it's like moving past the like, people will love and accept you for you. And it really doesn't matter the different parts. She she was
3: going to delete an Instagram with 40,000 people following her on there. Big audience, lots of inspiration, so many people loving what she did because there's a part of her that believed like we're never going to get the love from grandpa, grandma, the family, everybody on the side of the family if we continue to show up sexy, if we continue to. Um, you know, express ourselves in this way. Like she was literally ready to do that. And has at times like tried even tried to sabotage that shit, even like my consciousness get rid of it, but sabotage it. Yeah. Um, and, and so again, like her her courage to be herself, knowing what parts of her believe is still at stake and deciding that she is enough no matter what and 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 enough before. Um, it, it's just massive courage. And it's such an inspiration, I know, to many women out there who are in the same boat of not feeling enough, of not trusting that they're going to be supported as they honor their desires, Um, and even of overcoming the shame that comes from, like, expressing yourself and being honest and true to yourself. So,
0: yeah. uh, you know, Summer and I have actually had a handful of discussions about um, Courtney's Instagram and Facebook, and just, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. We we've discussed how mm-hmm. we just think it's so amazing that you are in a space to be able to step into that, because not a lot of women are willing to do that. They want to but they're not willing to, because they know that there is going to be judgment of your character and who you are. But yet so many women want to be able to express them way in whatever way they want, and everybody's is different. And you are being that so boldly. And I, we just think like, fuck yes. Like do it girl, like show it up. And, yeah. and And trigger people. Trigger them because when we are triggered and when we are affected, and we have an opinion about some something. It is always within something within, and oh. so we can look inwards and go, "Hmm, why does that offend me? Mm-hmm. Why does that trigger me? Why do I have an opinion of this person, just feeling beautiful and completely confident in who mm-hmm. they are, and and showing how beautiful the feminine, the woman's body is, and stepping oh. into her femininity?" There's just so much to what you're. What you're expressing with just a picture, you don't even have to say a word, but then your content is so beautiful that that is along with it. But just the picture alone is something that can help people to grow and expand if they were just, if they're just willing to go, Hmm, why does that affect me? Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: We, we, so a couple of things, um,
1: a very similar thing happened when, so when I was in my early twenties, I did some modeling and I started a portfolio and I'd done some things and I remember showing my mom and she said I told you this story yeah it had like come back to me in such a big way when we first started out and she looked at it she's like wow Summer that's like soft porn and I was like (laughs) what I worked really hard for this you know and that was it like I didn't do anything else after that I had opportunities, but turned them down. And so when we first started out and we posted a picture of us on the beach in our swimming suits,
0: like literally to here, yeah. I don't think we even showed the full body. And I was like, "Carrie, we got to take it down. We yeah. got to take it down. Well, well, first of all, back up a little bit. So Summer, I didn't realize that she had such like a fear around showing herself. Um, and she would post pictures of us and it would literally be like cut off at our necks. I was like, don't you love this picture? And she's like, like, no, it looks weird. Why are we cut (laughs) off? Like, why are we just heads? And I didn't realize that she was so afraid of, of showing herself in any way that Mm -hmm. might possibly be sexy. And not anymore. Yeah, I know.
1: But I turned her to the other side. So when I, when I said Carrie, I don't know, like, I don't know if I can do this. I think we should probably take it down. I had people like commenting to me, and she was like, "Okay, I need you to go to Courtney Tillia's Instagram." Who? she didn't anybody posted to Courtney Tillia's page, and I was like, "Okay," hey. and then I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay,
0: we're good, yeah." Okay, you know we're fine. We're
1: not we're totally fine.
0: Yeah, we got this
3: and we have a long
0: ways to go. Pretty much, I, I post pretty modest pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. I try to pick ones that look, you know, attractive and there's some sexy ones, but, but not really. And even still, I have had, people that have slut shamed me yeah. and told me, do you really, you know, I would think about, I would think twice mm-hmm. about the pictures you post because what are, what, what are you trying to show people? Right. What are you trying, you know, you're such a good coach. Why would you want to, you know, be that type of a person to like, you know, show yourself this way. And I'm thinking, I, I don't, I, that doesn't, and it really, I really questioned myself thinking, wait, am I being a bad person by posting these pictures that could be deemed as sexual and that, you know, somebody might give the wrong message. Right. And somebody might see as inappropriate. And, um, you know, honestly, like you have inspired me to just go, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to post what I want. And I, and I, and there's no apologies for it. I know what type of coach I am. I know what type of person I am. And, and I love this beautiful picture of me and I'm going to post it because it just shows me in my femininity. It shows me uh, you know, and, and a, in a good angle, it shows me in all different different ways, and and there's nothing wrong with this. So, so how it's do awesome. you how do you handle that? Because I know you've yeah. heard that before. How do you handle
1: that? Are you sure this is the image you want to portray? Yeah. Are you, sure that this is the image you want to show up.
2: <laughs> I get it all the time, and you know, I guess recently I've gotten a lot of religious backlash.
1: Yeah, I saw a couple of those.
0: <laughs> and they were like, oh, did we just get saved? <laughs>
3: I love to interject on those ones.
0: I actually I haven't. I haven't heard about that. So
2: do tell about that. Oh, just people telling me, like, I'm going to hell. What would Jesus say? And mm-hmm. if you don't know my coach, Danielle Randall, she is incredible. Um, But she, when I would come to her with my own, like, I'm not a good coach, like a good coach means that they're wearing a blazer with a freaking button up shirt all the way buttoned up. And that's what a good coach looks like. And she said, God told you that? And I was like, no, God didn't tell me that. She's like, God put those desires in your heart for a reason. She's like, cause let me tell you, modeling or being in front of the camera is my worst nightmare. I hate it. And so for me, I was like, you're right. Like, I'm so close and connected with God. I have such a close conversation that if you're telling me I'm going to hell, I feel like you're talking about my best friend, but like, we have a different relationship. Like, I don't understand your story that that's not who my friend is. And that's not who I talk to every day. So it's like a disregard. I'm like, we're not talking about the same person. Yeah. So like I've been able to move through those things of being like actually like my de- my desires came from God and I'm so close and connected and I know I'm a good coach that that has nothing to do with my me being professional or my knowledge or my smartness or my enoughness or my worthiness. Um, and so, yeah, sorry, I got distracted. I was getting a phone call. Um,
3: <laughs> and th- there's even, there's been a lot of moments where she was either like, can I post this? And I'm like, you better fucking post that. i was like, we didn't come this far for you to fucking hold back now. You better post that shit. Yeah.
2: Um,
3: but also where, where she was really like, you know, uh, whether it be in like the content that she adds to the photo or the photo itself of, of that, that conflict between like, will people see me as a legitimate serious coach to be able to support people or they just see me as this? And, and the question that I always present is like, you're fucking both. Why can't you be both? Yeah. Why can't you be both? And, and this, the, 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 the physical demonstration of it is just as important as what you're writing along with the content. And she's had people say like, oh, your content's so great. Why do you have to bastardize to it? Why do you have to diminish it with the yeah. sexy photos and stuff like that? Sex sales, like all these just awful judgmental shaming type things. <laughs> um, and so like just continuing to be courageous in that. She just continued mm-hmm. to put it out. And, and having that foundation in God, like I know she knows, like God would never tell me to not express myself. God would tell me to fucking just express myself that that I was given all this for a fucking purpose. So I better express it in the way that God wants me to.
0: Right.
2: And there's been also so much inspiration, like even though I get a message or two or whatever of the negativity, the positivity that comes from it. So overweighs it. Like for the two messages that are negative, I get at least, like, a 100 that are, like, thank you so much, you inspire me. And there's even so many moms that are, like, in their 50s and 60s, and they're, like, I finally feel like I can be myself or be creative in a way that feels good to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, like, that is what keeps me going. Like, not your... And, and she'll
3: get messages, like, I wore this, like, out tonight because I was feeling sexy and you inspired me or I'm inspired to, like, I want to do a boudoir shoot. Like, I've always wanted to do it, but I, like, would never allow myself to. And you've inspired me. The messages she gets hundreds and hundreds of messages, like, almost, like, every week of -hmm. of inspiration. And so, like, the two or three that she gets that are judgmental and whatever, like... Yeah. Of course, it'll, like, bring up shit and be like, is this really okay, and you get to move through it, but... The impact she's having it, it far exceeds any of the criticism,
0: which is which is beautiful because that when when those people trigger you, you have the opportunity to be able to work through some mm-hmm. of those wounds and pains that that this person now has brought up for you to be able to heal. Absolutely, so in those situations I have I have just I really have this appreciation for those people that have slut shamed me and said different things because they've actually helped me solidify mm-hmm. no this is what I want to do, and this is how I want to show up on social media and in my coaching business. And one thing I was telling Summer is that when she was kind of working through her, you know, issues and insecurities with showing up and and showing herself um, in not just mom mode is um, that I, I asked her, I'm also, when you followed me on social media and you started looking at my posts what were your thoughts? Did you think that I was a whore? Did you think that I was a slut? Mm -hmm. And did you not think that I was a credible coach? She said, absolutely not. Like those pictures inspired me. I wanted to know more about you. I wanted to, I wanted to train with you. She reached out to me. So not everybody is going to be your client or not everybody's going to resonate with you. But like when you show up unapologetically who you are and authentically who you are, the right people are going to be Oh hell yeah. I love her and her mm-hmm. her story her her message resonates with me.
3: It's a great way to polarize the wrong people and to draw in the people who are right for you. And we've and, like, definitely experienced that. You never have to not be yourself to bring people in because the people who are only there because you're watering down or hiding or suppressing something like those aren't your people anyways. And, and you you want the people who can really like respond to you by you being all out who you're meant to be and and so like a lot of people like Courtney sometimes gets the messages like you like your body actually triggers me makes me feel bad makes me feel this um so even if you trigger somebody by expressing the true part of you it is of service to them that they are triggered in that because they get to like where it doesn't serve them if they're just triggered and that's the end of it but if they're triggered and they're willing to examine why does this bother me What is it that she's expressing that I wish I could express? What does she have that I wish I could have? What does she have that I don't think I'm allowed to have or I'm not allowed to express? And that's a beginning point for for great self-examination and a lot of growth.
1: Right. One of the things that I appreciate the very most about what you do, Courtney, is because um, a lot of my fears about showing up come from like my childhood, my mom, whatever, but also because of the sexual trauma that I've experienced. and. So, what your pictures say to me is that we don't have to be afraid to show up and and to speak out and to use our voice because so many women are afraid of repercussions physically, emotionally, you know, culturally, socially. And so, to me, it just reinforces that this is, there's no place for that.
2: Mm-hmm. There's
1: no place for intimidation. There's no place for. Aggression. There's only a place for us to show up in exactly how we want to show up, regardless of what that means to anyone else. Yeah, only what it means to ourselves.
2: Absolutely.
3: And she she had that in her childhood, where like sexual advances or weird stuff from like teachers or authority figures. Like she she realized like later she had suppressed. Yeah. Like her her sexuality, her femininity. Um, one of her patterns is like she would just like eat more than anybody around. And her belief was like, if I, if I can just eat, I'll make myself unattractive and unappealing. And that's the safest thing for me. Yeah. That's like tons of emotional work that she's gone through to get to where she is. Mm -hmm. It's not like, like some people see her and they're like, oh my God, I wish I had that confidence. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be that. It's not just the work that she put in the gym. It's the work that she put in working through emotions and being coached and being uncomfortable with shit that has her where she's at now and able to serve people from that place.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I love that it ends up being a place of service because Mm -hmm. I know for us, like that's our highest and and greatest calling. Mm -hmm. That's what we've, you know, especially as a special ed teacher. So I'm a speech pathologist. Like that's exactly what, you know, what drove me to do that is, you know, I want to serve, I'm going to help always. And so it's beautiful that we get to do both things, show up in, in exactly who we are and in that
2: way we're able to
1: serve other people.
2: Yes, absolutely.
3: What, what feels good to you is also a service to everybody else. And and even like where your pain was, where your suffering, where your trauma was, there's a pathway to your purpose and what you're meant to serve and, and, and help other people with. So like all, all three of you, like the women that you're serving and who you're showing up for, like you guys know I serve a lot of women and this type of full authentic expression and, and, and owning your sexuality, owning like you can be, you know, you can be sexual. You can be pretty. You can feel good in yourself and be a mom and be a coach and be taken seriously and be professional yes. and being all those things. It's so fucking needed. So yes. God, fucking badasses. I love you.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's beautiful. And you can do all of that in your feminine energy. And that's one thing that I just I absolutely love. Besides the pictures that you post, but also just the the message that you give that the the mm-hmm. importance and the power of being in your feminine energy. And that's been something. I mean, my story is different than yours, but I very much felt like I needed to prove something, and really was in my masculinity for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I. I don't know about in my childhood, but definitely all of my adult life up until literally this last year, have I like finally started to go, Hmm, maybe it isn't weak to be feminine and to be in that flow. And, uh, it's just, I mean, I'm just starting to kind of, you know, get into that. And I actually went through a space where my body almost kind of was detoxing the masculine energy. I mean, I was just like, so tired, and I didn't realize how much being in my masculine energy was making me tired it's exhausting. I out of it and was going into my feminine. It was just like, my body just went Bleh, like, fuck you for doing this for so long. Yeah. And now it just, it's like, oh my gosh, this feels so much better. This feels like ease. This feels like flow. Yeah. I'm excited to now do this into this new path that Summer and I going and and Summer's right on board with me. Both of us are like, let's be in our feminine. Let's be in Mm -hmm. our creative. Let's be in our flow. Let's be in our receiving. And that just feels so natural to me. And I mean, I just, that's, that is your main, your main thing that you preach is, is the importance of being in your feminine energy and how beautiful that is and how powerful that is. I love that
2: yeah you we have so much power from that place and and like you said one like emotion like your how your body feels is a huge part but like y- you get to express and create like everything beautiful really comes from that place and i remember always thinking like masculine was me getting stuff done like i if i wanted to get something done i needed to go to this energy and actually that i get things done so much more beautifully from a place of femininity, and like even when I have to deal with like things that aren't so great, like Wells Fargo, um, if <laughs> I uh,
3: <laughs> this is not an endorsement, no, against, against any bank, it's an anti Fargo.
2: <laughs> but if I, you know, I've had it in the past where I just immediately am I'm upset, and so I immediately go masculine and forceful, and I want this done and this and this. And if I actually stay in my femininity. It's received differently. And yeah. what I desire as the outcome actually comes so much easier. Yeah, it's true. And Not only easier for me, but it's other, also easier for the people on the other side. And it's just a much more peaceful place. And uh, what I realized too is the more you go back and forth, like if you're in your feminine all the time and you have a moment where you go to your masculine, it's so obvious. Right. You, like I always say, I go into like a fuck it mode. I'll eat anything. I'll do anything. I try and lead. I just like it's like a, almost like a rampage. Yeah. And so it's like just a place where we're not meant to really work from. Yeah. We're meant to be in that core.
3: And for, for the male perspective from this, for the women listening, when a woman is in her feminine, a real man will fucking do anything. Like when <laughs> she is inviting her feminine. I don't care what like I don't even listen to what she asked me to do, I'll just go fucking do it. Like go run in the ocean, you got it, babe. Like how far <laughs> do you want me to go? Like I will do anything. And and men will go to any length for a woman in her feminine where if a woman is in her masculine and maybe bossing them around or like ju- just not in her embodied place, um, it just feels weird and off for us. And it's just a natural thing. And and for a woman in the feminine, like we will go to any extent for you. 100
0: percent mm. That was a huge aha for me this week, this, uh, not this week, this year. What? I <laughs> what? Give me the tea. <laughs>
3: Dude <year> count. yes, is,
0: <laughs> is, is, um, is just as I was kind of going through, uh, just relationships that I've been in, in my, in my life and just thinking like, what's going, what's gone wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it really was me being in my masculine and attracting men that looked masculine. Um, but. Mm-hmm. obviously weren't fully in their masculine or else we wouldn't have attracted each other, but they came in and I'm wanting them to be masculine, but I'm being masculine. So it just was this constant just uh, disappointment and butting heads and, you know, bumping chests of like, who's going to be the masculine. And
3: Courtney always says her women, like, to, to women are like, you know, uh, I want you to step up. I don't know why you are like, that's the underlying feeling, but then you're standing there like in the middle, like I fucking dare you to try to step mm-hmm. up. I right. hear you
0: just the signals me totally absolutely yeah and and it's going to be fun to, as i'm more as i'm you know doing more in my feminine energy while when i am kind of like diving into relationships again it'll be fun to see what comes up and what type of men i attract because Yeah, I mean that's that's ultimately what I want—a man that's in his masculinity. And I was always so frustrated, like, come on, step up, dude! Like, and of course they couldn't. I was I was up above them, going the same exact thing, like, I dare you.
2: (laughs) But then why aren't you stepping up?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was just such an amazing aha and um, really humbling because I was always like, these stupid men. It's like, well, no duh, of course. No duh, of course. (laughs) No doubt. No doubt. And,
3: and for the women that like have an association with the feminine being like weak or submissive, that is not it. The feminine no. is fucking powerful. Yeah. The feminine manifests everything she wants. The feminine creates. The feminine does the feminine knows like the prerequisite for being in your feminine is that you know you're fucking enough. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe you're enough, then you'll try to do everything and achieve and do all that masculine shit. The feminine knows. I am enough already. I have nothing to fucking prove. I just get to be the flower. I get to be the pot of gold. I get to be the honeypot, whatever you call it. I get to be that and things get to pursue me. Things get to come to me. I get to be magnetic. I get to manifest from this beautiful energy that feels really fucking good anyways. Um, and and, and that, that's the prerequisite. You have to know that you're enough first.
2: So have you read the book Pussy? I have not. I mean, we've to. had so
3: many people yes. ask us that this week. The stuff that we talk about and everything, and, oh and people God. ask us all the time if we've read it.
2: It's
1: amazing. Get it on. Get it on yeah, Audible, cool. and then you can just listen to it. And the author is um. So she has this course in New York City called uh, the School of Womanly Arts, and 2019 is the last year she'll be doing it. And I have heard it is mind blowing. So. I don't know how we're gonna get to new york but we're gonna
3: (laughs) decide and it will happen
1: Yeah. yep i know you're
3: right decide know why it's of high service for everybody make a non-negotiable decision and it'll fucking happen
1: yeah so all right so nick do you want to tell your story from the beginning
3: so from the beginning um (laughs) so i grew up without a active father i just that father come into my life around like age 10 But it was really my mom and my grandparents that raised me, the most loving, kind, compassionate people. They were incredible. Um, My grandparents were awesome, but they were a bad example of masculine and feminine energy. They were kind of flipped, but they were incredible people. Taught me a lot of things. Um, I grew up pursuing sports, wanted to play in the NBA. I had a daughter very young at the age of 19. Followed that up with another daughter by the time I was 21. So I had two young girls, um, essentially, like I was a teenager still myself. Me too. Um, Got got married young, and then in my late 20s, everything went to fucking shit. I, I went through an awful, horrible divorce that I created. Uh, I fully own the fact that like I created that scenario by not walking away from things that weren't for me. Um, but in those moments during the divorce, I thought that the, the family at that point was my purpose. So I felt like i lost my purpose. I'd lost everything. At the time, I, I'd kind of given up on a basketball dream and I was I was working at a school. Um, I'd gone back and I'd gotten my bachelor's degree after like seven years, it took my like seven years at ASU. Um, so and then uh, went through this awful divorce. But during that time, I was latching on to anything spiritual that would make me feel better in my despair, in my suffering and my fucking misery first time I ever, like, considered taking my own life. It's the first time I ever, like, understood why people get to that point. So from that place, like, I connected with, like, the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, Oprah stuff, everything that she recommended. And I had this, like, spiritual awakening, and I came back to a relationship with my higher self during that time. Um, So did a lot of work on me. I knew I wanted to have love again. I knew I wanted a family, and I wanted more. I didn't just want to be single my entire life. So I knew that my job and my responsibility was to clear any, any opposition that I had to love and being loved and receiving love. Um, so I did so much inner work on myself. And about, it was actually wasn't long after my divorce was final, um, I, I'm working at the school and the HR director hands me a resume and he's like, you might want to look at this one. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I start reading it and like this girl has like all these accomplishments and she went to ASU and she's applied for a special ed teacher job at the new school that we're opening where I'm going to be like the kind of like second administrator, just underneath the principal. And I was like, wow, she sounds amazing. I was like, I wonder what she looks like. And so she comes in for an interview and I'm like, hey, let me know when she comes in. I want to see her. And so they told me. And I remember walking into the office and she's sitting there on the side and I took one look at her I was like, oh my God. I was like, you guys have to fucking hire her. I don't care if she's a shitty teacher. I don't care if she's awful. I don't care if she's dumb. I don't care if she's like, you have to hire her.
1: I don't care if she has a criminal record. We're doing it. I
3: don't don't fucking care if she doesn't pass the background. We can find ways around that, whatever we have to do. Um, And they made it sound like it wasn't gonna happen because like, she's very attractive. She's extremely attractive. she actually had a fiancé at the time too, which I didn't know about, but I didn't fucking yeah. Was not of concern to me. We could fix that problem. Clearly. <laughs> so, um, and, and the cr- the crazy thing is is she was uh, – she had opportunities to go to Oregon when she graduated from ASU. She had opportunities to go to Hawaii. She didn't go to Oregon. Hawaii would have meant that she had to board her, her little dog, Stella, and she didn't want to do that. So she said no to all these things. And actually the owner of the, the private day school I worked for was friends with her mentor teacher at ASU. And they got connected. She's like, I have this amazing girl. You need to hire her. So that's how she actually got connected with us.
2: Because I never applied for the job. I didn't know the school existed. It was all from the connection of my mentor being good friends with the owner of this school. And that's how they automatically applied me for this job.
3: All this wild (laughs) shit had to happen. She gets hired on by the school. She has a fiance at the time, but I'm absolutely smitten. I'm like, I'm just going to play the long game. I'm going to show up for her. I'm going to... Just drop subtle hints, I'm going to play the long game. this guy's going away eventually, and, and we're going to be together. And by Christmas of that year, she's fucking miserable, having an awful time with him. She gets rid of him, we start talking, and uh what?
0: Was that allowed?
3: No, I was her supervisor. I this should not have been doing any of this. And oh,
0: you,
2: you do
1: oh, not
3: okay this year. Yeah, and, and she got so she got pregnant the next year, and, and claims not that like it was not like the
2: next year, like like five. Oh well, yeah, months she, got, later.
3: she she had Trey. Yeah, she had Trey like a year oh, and a half and later, small later. Year. And, and still claims it was work related because I I, was her I
2: filed workman's supervisor. comp right. I was like, this is a work-related health issue. It happened at work, right? Right. And they were like, we are not paying for this. And I was like, why not? It happened at work.
1: <laughs> you didn't watch that slips, trips, and falls video, apparently. The, yeah, no. yeah.
3: We, uh, we weren't safe, apparently. There was an incident at work. But so, so yeah, so, so we work out, obviously. Here we are. Um, what I thought was like my life, and my family was over. Now I have this amazing wife, it's everything I ever wanted. Um, I, I t- I've talked about this on other podcasts where I literally manifested exactly like a beautiful brunette who's kind and amazing and has just a great booty. Um, I literally manifested her and she showed up out of nowhere. So that's the thing with manifesting too. Like don't think that you have to know all the steps. Just trust that, that the right person is going to show up when you call them in. Are the right, the money, the clients, whatever, it's going to show up.
0: Yeah,
3: Um, my my man's coming this year. He is, for certain. Especially you embodying your feminine in this way. Like, so I often say this to women if you are not embodying who you're meant to be and in your feminine, like the man that's for you couldn't find you. Exactly. And so by you being you and being the fucking flower and amazing, the right, amazing, masculine man who's living his fucking purpose. Has all your requirements, beautiful penis, whatever it is. Like, all of that stuff gets to fucking happen now that you know what you want. <laughs> Just like writing that down. Yeah. Beautiful penis. I'm writing it lines, down. Measuring yes, earth, earth, inches, all earth. that. <laughs> and, and don't hold back. Like, you get to have everything that you want. You don't have to settle for anything less. Yeah. Um, what was I talking about?
2: Uh, After <laughs> you
3: manifested me. Okay, so I manifested her, but I was still working at this fucking school and not living my purpose. Um, I was doing like, I, the school we worked at first and foremost was for kids that had been kicked out of or removed from other schools because other schools could not handle them. These yeah, are like the cute. best of the best, the worst of the worst in the state yeah. of Arizona. What is it?
1: What school was
3: it? It's called, it was called The Aces. And it was a, it's a, it's a great private school for yeah. kids who are, they can't handle the public schools. The Aces yeah. did a wonderful job of being able to support these kids, great structure, great everything. But it was not my highest expression. But I was great at both um, instituting behavioral change in these kids. I had the gang that wanted to kill me. I've been stabbed, spit on, kicked, bit like threatened.
2: I've had concussions. Yeah.
3: Courtney was telling the, the story the other day of the, the kid that threatened, that brought a knife to stab me and then threatened to come to our house and kill me. And I gave him our address. Wow. Um,
2: while
0: well, I was pregnant. Yeah, while well,
3: she was pregnant. I was, I was wild back then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like, babe,
3: babe, babe, babe. Don't do that. I was like, please, he's not, not going to fucking remember it anyways. Don't worry about it. He, <laughs> <laughs> Other kids in the room might have, but some that didn't like me. But I loved the job, but it wasn't the highest expression of my purpose. Um, so they had actually convinced me, like, go back to school. We need a principal for new campuses that we're going to open. Um, so those of you that, t- like, if they're listening to this podcast, fuck you guys for telling me that shit. Um, not to hold a grudge or anything. So I went and I got my principalship, um, through ASU, spent all $30,000 on a master's and all this, a new, well, actually a new school didn't open up. My principal was leaving and going to another school. So my school that I'd helped open, I ran everything. I knew everything that was going on the ins and outs of the school. It was open for a principalship and I applied and didn't get the fucking job after they told me I was the next one in line. Best thing that ever happened to me though, because I was so pissed that I got really hungry about discovering what the next step for us was. Um, And it took a while, but I knew in myself, like, I was going to go, I was headed down the wrong path of living this way, that something had to fucking happen. And I remember seeing um, a a video of people talking about how you, you can be an online coach. Like, you can coach and get paid. And I'm like, fuck, I'm coaching people already. Every day after school, there's a line of, like, our staff that are waiting here for me to give them life advice and to life coach them. I was like, I already have all this. So, um, long story, a little less long. I decide finally to leave teaching, and I decide I'm going to become a coach. I thought at first that I was going to be like a fitness coach. I thought I was going to be like a, a trainer, like athletes. Now I coach athletes because that was always the passion. That was always the purpose in the first place. So I quit a year before Courtney did, and um, you know, a family of of six to support. I left because I knew I couldn't stay in something that wasn't serving me. I had to pursue the purpose yeah. and find out what my purpose was. That, that opened the pathway for, for all of this and what we have now. And Courtney stepping into hers. Um, and for those that don't know the story, last March, April, we made the decision to leave Arizona, moved to California. We live in a beautiful house here in the marina. We have a multi-six-figure multi coaching business. Um, we serve people all over the world. I serve professional athletes, like we are living an ideal life because we have the courage to step into what we knew really was for us
0: mm-hmm. yeah when when all like logically and in your brain you 're thinking, this is not safe. this is not like what 's safe and stable is right. the careers that we went to school for, and yeah. so many people stay there for their entire lives because with right. fear of. Well, but on paper, this doesn't seem mm-hmm. like this could work out. And what if, what if, what if? Yeah. And I just, I love when I see people stepping out and taking that risk and then showing that, fuck, not only can you be, can you make a living, but you can be crazy successful doing it.
3: Right, right. Now, there's, a, there's a ceiling on what you can earn. I, I remember thinking that, I was like, we have between the two of us, a, almost a quarter million dollars in student loan debt. I was like, we'll pay that off when we're like fucking 80. Like, we're going to continue to work and we'll never get to retire. I was like, this fucking sucks. There has to be another way. And it's beautiful the fact that me pursuing my purpose and Courtney pursuing hers, we get to make so much more money than what have, would have ever been available to us had we stayed in those safe, cushy jobs. Yeah, there's no there were times where it, was, where it didn't go well. Like, there were times where we like could barely scrape by, but we were always supported. And, like, here on the other side, like, that never in a, in a million years, um, would I, would I change anything that we did?
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So what were some of the shifts that you had to go through? So when you decided <coughs> I want to do online coaching, I don't know what that is, but I think I want to do it because I feel like I've already been doing it. What were some of the obstacles like emotionally and with your thought process that you had to shift?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost was recognizing if I continue to do this, I'm going to die this way. Like, I don't want to die with this purpose left in me, I don't want to like burn my family and my life down again. Um, And and sometimes like the job that pays you okay and has good benefits, that's actually the most dangerous job because that's the one that you'll stay in and just kill your purpose slowly over time. It's like high blood pressure. Like it kills you silently. Right. Um, So I, I I, first of all deciding that and deciding, okay, I need to know what my life's purpose is and what look, what that looks like for me expressing it to the world. So I was just fucking hungry for that. And um, I just always prioritize that I, I put my purpose, which I, I believe are the feelings and emotions that you're meant to create for yourself, and then share with other people. And in sharing with, with other people, you get to monetize it. Uh, I put my purpose above everything else, Against above comfort above like what other people would say above uh, a 401k or benefits or health insurance or all that. I just knew that I would be supported by God if I was doing what God called me and 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 you know created me to do. That was the biggest one.
1: How did you know that was your purpose?
3: Um, so this is funny as well. So the summer that I quit the the teaching job, I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out like online business, how I can get clients and training. I'm like offering to train anybody's kids in soccer, basketball, golf, whatever. I'll fucking do anything. Um, and I apply for this scholarship to this event where you discover what your life's purpose is. It was in Pasadena. We were living in Phoenix at the time, had like no money. Um, I apply for it like literally 15 minutes before the deadline. We got home from first Friday in Phoenix at like 1130, 1145. I make a video and I submit it. Don't even think about it. I check back a few days later. I see an email come through. My name's on the list of scholarship winners. I was like, oh, Oh, Courtney's like, you got to go. I was like, I don't know how we can fucking go. Like, we don't have money for even me to get there, let alone like hotel, anything like that. She's you got to go. My dad, my stepdad at the time, who had never like really given me money, he just randomly gives me, I think like 60, 80 bucks, something like that, just gives me cash. Probably felt bad because I didn't have a job with teachers, summer, whatever. I don't even know why. Um, and so I was like, all right, I'll go. And so I go and I sleep in my car for four days have like one of the most amazing emotional experiences of my life, discover what my purpose is, get clarity. It was my first introduction to, into discussions about masculine feminine energy. So I come back from this and I'm like, babe, I understand you finally. Like I understand.
2: Oh, I remember when he said that he called me. <clears throat> And he was like, I understand everything you were always saying to me. Like, you just wanted to feel safe. I lost She's it.
3: She I was like, oh, you me? You
2: understand me. Oh, my it was, God. Because like so many years and so many conversations of like me not understanding the verbiage of what I was trying to express and him being frustrated because I don't understand what I'm trying to say. What the
3: fuck do you want me to do? What do you want from me? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so it was like. And he always felt like I, it was a stab at him, but I was like, I don't know what I'm trying to tell you. And so for him to call me that time and be like, I get it, I understand what you're saying. You just always wanted to be safe and know that you are safe. And I was just like, just, I cried for so long just cause I was like, he gets, he gets me. Yeah.
3: So it was, it was a perfect experience. Like my willingness to make it fucking happen no matter what was everything. I had some money come in that allowed me to get home too um but really at that like i i shifted i pivoted from wanting to do like fitness coaching to realizing i'm meant to be a fucking life coach Mm -hmm. and i own that in that moment and everything expanded from there
0: i was talking to um one of my personal training clients and we were having a discussion about the importance of working on the internal and working within and that but the outside is just going to continue to stay where it's at mm-hmm. until we work on the inside. And that um, we as a world, as a human race, are starting to see this value. And
3: awesome.
0: I, my prediction is that there is going to be a point where it's reversed. People are, are valuing having um, some type of a life coach in mm-hmm. some aspect of their life that they're feeling like they're stuck and struggling with over having a personal trainer
3: mm-hmm. I mean, we, we know that we know that everything happens from the inside out anyways so it actually makes sense to have a life coach for your business our life coach for your relationship or a life coach for your health and well-being for all of that like Courtney's story she couldn't release weight and allow it to really come off because a part of her didn't feel safe if I if I get too sexy I'm gonna be unsafe and I'm gonna have all these unwarranted uh, unwanted approaches by men and all these things are going to happen so it wasn't until she felt internally safe with herself and with her body that she allowed like the the weight to really come off
0: right yeah and i and that was i mean it was a little bit of a struggle for me for a little while just thinking when i was wanting to shift it from being an online um coach personal training coach to more of a mindset and um you know mental coach Mm -hmm. Uh, and because i thought there's like who's going to pay for that? Like there's, you know, they, they come to you because they're going to get this, this program of all these workouts and they're going to get a program of either like all the foods they can eat or they're going to get their macro calculations. So they're like tangibly getting something. And if they follow it, they're going to get these physical results on the outside. And I like, that was my block is just thinking, nobody's going to want to pay for this. And I really had to shift work through that and, and just trust and believe that no people are going to see this value. And the more that I show up and just, and continually show like how important this is and how beautiful this is. And the more that I embody this, people are see the shift within me Mm -hmm. and they're going to be like, fuck, I want that. I want that.
3: And, and you, all are, you all are a demonstration of that, not physically, not just physically. Right. Mentally and emotionally and your level of happiness and joy. And like Courtney standing for like, I get to have it all because I do. And yeah. I'm not flaunting this because you can't have it. Right. I'm flaunting this because I want you to understand that you get to have it too. And yeah. that work is the pathway to that. Mm-hmm. It always is.
1: Yeah. I think one of the training points for us too is when we started to get down to the nitty gritty of why do women – lose the weight why do they shed the weight why are they able to live a happy life it's because they've done the internal work because what we found is and even within ourselves i think that's where it started is because when we started to realize like um cardio and macros wasn't our answer to losing weight it was Mm -hmm. it was releasing those blocks it was healing ourselves from the inside out it was feeling safe like you courtney or was feeling like emotionally, like we had healed. And then everything on the outside started to fall into place. Mm-hmm. So it all of that, the weight loss or the body image or all of that, not all that starts within, it doesn't start in the outside. And I think that's another shift that's happening too, is people are starting to understand that going to the gym counting your macros counting your calories whatever you can do that as much as you want but your rules your self-sabotage that still comes into play because emotionally you're still in that place right so if we can heal that first then the rest it's like a domino effect
2: totally
3: and if, if you don't have an internal world that allows for you to succeed or to lose the weight or to feel sexy or whatever your goal is then one, you'll sabotage it even before it happens. But there's, there's those people who are like, they can push back beyond that. They can shut off all the emotions and they can create a result. But then is it isn't sustainable because they don't have an emotional foundation to be able to live in that. So right. to create like sustainable, lasting change, like it has to happen from the inside out. It, it like, there's no way around it. Okay. You may, you may circumvent it initially, but yeah. it will, like that's when the self-sabotage happens is when you create results that you're not comfortable living in.
1: Right. And it comes up somewhere else, like right. we've seen. Like, okay, so yeah. yeah. your pounds, but now you have this eating disorder, right? right. not binge eating anymore. Now it's anorexia. Yeah. You've lost the weight and now you have fibromyalgia mm-hmm. or now you yeah. have,
0: you yeah. know,
1: pre-diabetes, whatever it is, it comes up in some way.
0: Yeah. Unless you, unless you work on releasing those, um, those trapped emotions mm-hmm. and, and, you know, healing those wounds and that trauma. If that physical weight um, is is taken off and the, and the wounds are not healed and the energy isn't released, that's going to manifest in other forms, which mm-hmm. is going to be physical ailments. Yeah. And
3: yes. Autoimmune, all sorts of things can happen.
0: Yeah. yeah. So they might not have the physical weight anymore, but that energy is still there and it's still toxic and it's affecting them in, in a different way. So mm-hmm. it's so important that we mm-hmm. work on the inside. Everything. you cannot You cannot get around it like what you said.
3: And even like Courtney teaches with the femininity, the reason why the scientific reason why that's so effective, just stepping into your feminine is because you're no longer producing all this cortisol by being in your fucking masculine. Uh, So all the hormones and stuff, they get, they, they balance out when you're operating your feminine and all the weight can just fall off naturally. And you, you, you come to a place of homeostasis and balance in your life because you're not forcing yourself to be something that you're naturally not.
1: There's another book that I think that you would love, Courtney. It's called Vagina, and it talks. That, that was brought up in
3: my Elevate call today. Pussy
1: vagina. Everybody's gonna love these books, <laughs> and it is more of a medical model, and it talks about the intrinsic and physiological connection between our brain and our vagina as women, and even how speaking derogatory or misogynistic words about women affects our brain you know if anything happens to the vagina like everything is so connected physiologically it's just it's beautiful and it's kind of just like their added element i mean because you know if you read pussy first and you're like fuck yes Mm -hmm. and then you read vagina and you're like oh yes makes sense (laughs) oh you know like i've got (laughs) all coming together and i've got the (laughs) medical you know but um so a couple more things the first one was that I wanted to give you a shout out, Nick, mm-hmm. and Courtney, of course. But because um, it would, the turning point for me was when I was on that really crappy connection, driving to a work meeting at, down at district office, mm-hmm. and I was on a call with you, and I was talking about my purpose, and I was talking about these blocks, and you said, well, something to the effect of, well, Summer, you know, you, like, that's, I see that that's your purpose. Like coaching is your purpose. Coaching is your direction. I was like, what? What? the? (laughs) I don't even, are you sure?
3: It was (laughs) always very clear to me.
1: And so like, that was the catalyst to me, like, maybe, maybe I could, maybe that is right. And as I started to follow that path, everything started to scream at me that yes, yes, yes. That's where this is meant to go. And it's just been such a beautiful journey since then. And I remember calling Carrie and being like, I think I've been coaching this whole time, mm-hmm. but I haven't called it coaching. Duh. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm not scared.
3: You're like anymore. no shit.
1: Yeah. And, Carrie's like, <laughs> job. yeah. <Good> job. <laughs> and then it was that December, right after we finished our program that I was like, we need to start coaching. So it was, just, it was just such a beautiful, incredible transition. And I appreciate you so much for that and for all the other millions of things that happened when we were coaching.
3: I love you. I'm so proud of you for stepping into that. And being, it's, it's one of the hardest things for people to own that, that you really do have a purpose that isn't maybe what you went to school for. Um, and that like just owning like, I I can be a coach for people. I can help people. I can serve people. I, 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 there's parts of me that doesn't feel qualified, but being able to step into that. And I think your story is a beautiful example of when you start to say yes to the purpose and the desire and, and all those things, everything just like magically begins to fall into your lap and open up for you and and all the right things align. And the women who have always needed you in their life can now see you and you're there to help them.
1: Oh, I know it feels so incredible and it has been so magical. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. It's been amazing. Yeah. Every moment has just been like, we're so grateful for every moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Go
1: on and on about that for hours. Yeah. But well,
0: well, since we're boosting your ego,
1: yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, I want to give my little two cents on because like mm. I had said earlier in the, um, in the beginning of the podcast that you were one of the coaches in one of the very first programs that I went into. And I went to, and I've actually made a post about it, how I went to that convention in, uh, where was that? San Diego? No, it wasn't. Um, where was that? Somewhere it, was, in the
3: that one was, it was LA, Venice area. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and that's when I had my just l- like literal breakdown and like, oh my God, like my life is going to crumble apart. Realization that I haven't healed from sexual trauma. And this is affecting all parts of my life, literally all parts of my life my business, my relationships, my feelingness of worth. I mean, just everything. And I just wanted to run (laughs) and just go home and crawl into a hole because I just didn't know how to handle it. And you were there along with other people as well that were just so beautiful and just said the most perfect words. And it just, it really helped me to just ground and be there and be in the moment and feel the pain and feel the realization and um, and feel supported. And then when I got home, I had a coaching call with you and I have no idea what you said, what, what the actual words were, but you gave me this beautiful, I actually wrote it down. Uh, but you gave me this beautiful affirmation of, um, you know, just to say to myself that this is not my fault and, you know, just beautiful words. And it just, I mean, I just bawled when you gave it to me because it resonated with my soul, but I didn't fully believe it. So I needed to say it over and over again that, you know, I am worthy of whatever I desire. And this was not my fault. And that was the start of my healing process over the year of 2018. And it's just been beautiful to see how much that little, that moment in Venice Beach has affected so much of my life and my willingness to face it, open it, face it, and then realize that I had support around me. And then to be able to continue to go along the journey of healing it. And that's just, you were, you were there at that starting point. And I just, I appreciate that and I'll never forget it. So thank you. That's amazing. I
3: love you so much. And I'm so proud of you for one, having the courage to, to speak that into the world, but then also to be able to be supported. And there's a lot of women probably listening to this who have something that they need to express, have something that they need to work through and they don't feel worthy of support. They don't feel safe in being supported. But you allowing yourself to be supported opened up so much just healing for yourself. Yeah. But also now, because like because you did that, Summer's where she is. Yeah, totally. You and Summer are doing this. So many women are going to be touched and healed and all that. And it all began with the courage and the willingness mm-hmm. to open up and to receive and, and to be supported, even though parts of you just wanted to, to shut down. Right. Um, and in those moments, like I always knew that this is where you were going. I have this like innate just gift for being able to see what's possible in people and see what what their future looks like when they really own that and they heal and they step into their purpose. And there was never a doubt that that you were meant to to do this. Not like I always knew you were great at like personal training and all that. Like the passion was there, but yeah. there was a deeper purpose behind the pain yeah. that you experienced. Everything and to watch you bring it to life this year and to commit to everything that you have, like it is, it's so inspiring. Amazing. And I just I love that I got to be a part of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes me want to cry. I love it. Thank you.
3: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: I was going to ask one more question, but it seems off topic now that we're like high vibing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. My last question is, and I, I think I, um, probably people are wondering, how are you so sure? How are you so sure of your relationship with God or your manifesting potential or what's going to happen? How do you get into that space of complete and absolute knowing?
3: Mm -hmm. It's built on a foundation. It's not anything rocky. It's not like hope. It's absolute fucking certainty about my connection with God, my knowing, my trust in universal law. You know this when I, I teach elevate my, my signature course that we don't begin with anything external. We begin with connection with yourself Your vibration, your energy, your frequency, your certainty, um, and, and universal law and principle that you can trust and is constant and unchanging. And if people can really ground themselves in the truth that they know is constant and unchanging, you never have to have an experience of worry. You never have to have an experience of uncertainty, even when you're stepping into shit that is new and you don't necessarily know what it's going to look like. You can always ground yourself in the truth that I am supported, I am taken care of, I am loved, and the highest and best is always happening for my life.
1: Yes. I love that. That's perfect. Courtney, yes. did you have anything to add?
2: I was just going to say that, like, we don't question so many things, like, we don't question gravity. And I know this is a topic we talked about, like, as an example. But when it comes to manifesting in truth and universal laws, like, those are the same as gravity, that's like we don't question gravity and we don't question these universal laws. And so that's really where the knowing comes from is just that mm-hmm. it's there, it's a knowing and we've experienced it ourselves. We've watched other people experience it. And so you don't question it when you've experienced it not once, not twice, but over and over and over and over again. And then it's just like you don't you don't question it at yeah. all. We, we had to b- b- we had
3: to believe it before we ever saw it, but then once you see the evidence of it, like it just enforces like, that belief over and over. And it's yeah. a beautiful cycle that like I can never pretend like I don't fucking know what the truth is. I can never pretend like I can give myself an experience of fear and be like, Oh, I don't know what's gonna happen. I always know I'm supported. Like I have to pay to go to like horror nights at Universal Studios just like so an experience fear because I have such a strong str- <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's awesome Love uh, it. we love you guys so much
0: love you. we love
3: you guys
1: so so dear we cannot wait to hug you in person
0: yes, yes. party yes <laughs> Let's go. yes yeah we pair up we i mean we just think that we just see you guys as such amazing people mm-hmm. and uh, we respect everything that you guys teach and how you show up and all of that. And we just, uh, we were just so excited when you guys accepted this invitation to be on our yes. podcast because so many people are going to benefit from it.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, we were so excited to come on. We love you. We are so proud that you guys are actually like doing this and putting it out yes. into the world. It's so fucking needed. So we will always support anything that you do. Yes. Thank
1: you. Thank you. We love you. It. have, you have our full
3: endorsement. Thank you.
1: Yes. Love you
3: guys. Yay. <laughs> I'm going to put that in writing. You got it. It's on video now. Okay, perfect. Hold it against me. Mm -hmm. Follow Instagram. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook.